Okay, so I bought that chicken. I literally went five different places. Maybe, no, three. Okay, so I started at Hannaford's. Because Hannaford's has the best rotisserie chicken, right or wrong. I mean, it's very good. come on. That rotisserie chicken, it just melts. Like, you just, you, you don't even have to cut it. You just pull it apart with your fingers and just throw it in. This one that I bought, I had to go to Market Basket for and chop it. You know, it was a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. But that's because it's saran wrapped. And the difference between that and maybe the one in the bag is that the one in the bag is just, it has room to breathe. Like, it has... Right. They put it out on that rack or whatever, and it's fine. But I went from <laughs> with my last $23, I went from Hannaford's to Market Basket back to Aldi's for the bag of chips, which was like 2 bucks. <laughs> you siphoned like, some gas out of somebody's tank. To get bro, out. this is real trailer hood stuff, let me tell you. If you want to be poor, that's, that's what this podcast should be about. <laughs> How to survive on your last dime. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing Podcast! <laughs> Boom! Alright. Sweet! We're back. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. I know you have... Uh, Trepidations? Trepidations. Is that the right word? Trepidations? <laughs> about about coming onto the show, but I mean uh, Family responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have an actual life to live, so thanks for coming. <laughs> no problem, dude. Honestly, if you are one of the crucial increments to me even doing the show. I don't know if you know that. Back in the early days? <laughs> no, seriously, I did not have a computer for a long time and if it was not for you being generous and just saying hey i'm getting something new do you want this you know old corolla of a computer yeah seriously (laughs) i mistake that for the for the corona (laughs) (laughs) i went down to florida i caught the corolla (laughs) oh my goodness um no but like i literally have done Hundreds. I mean, hundred and this is episode one hundred and thirty-eight, I believe. One hundred and thirty-eight episodes, and a good amount of them are no, all of them are on pretty much all of them are on this. Maybe a couple of them when I couldn't afford internet, I did on my iPad. I was gonna say the early days. I remember we would set up like a phone. You set up your phone, I think, mm. and we connected a microphone to like a, a better quality one to your phone. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Because that's that's this thing right here. Yes, yeah. this is dongle. this is the little adapter that basically saves every podcaster's life. If you don't have a computer, you could plug this little adapter right into your, you know, charging port on your Apple thing and just and just do the podcast right from there. And like you said, all you need is a good quality mic. Um, but I mean, the computer has really changed the game because I can do Zoom, and now that I figured halfway out how to do OBS. <laughs> I still struggle with it, man. I suck at technology. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I just work in the field. I just sit there and read. Yeah, dude, I get little little girl hands and I can code <laughs> and I can do techno stuff. I have little girl hands. <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Uh, um, it's funny. We're working. My parents were working in the yard yesterday. And here I am. I show up. I'm no. I'm no help because it's. 
It's not my forte. You used to running on grass, not mowing <laughs> it. Now I just run my mouth, you know? Yeah, right. That's what I do. Professionally. Um, yeah, you're, your mom was talking about like having a eye, her eyes dilated or something like that. Does she have an appointment or something like that? Oh, I don't know. She, she only tells me <laughs> stuff sometimes. Well, I hit it because I called the other day and I was like, hey, you know what's good? She didn't answer, which is odd. Because so, she usually answers whenever I call. She usually hits the decline button whenever it's you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. me, I get the... And she didn't answer. And I was a little, now you get a real voice. Yeah, I was yeah. a little nervous. And she just said, sorry, my eyes were dilated and this and that. Like, <laughs> That's weird. I couldn't read the name. I didn't want to pick up. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to chance it. Um, yeah, but uh, no, I guess I owe you... Uh, I owe you thanks for... Uh, providing the console thing. Is yeah, that what it's no called? Problem. What do you even call this thing? I always call desktop. it the, com- the desktop. Okay. I always call it the computer tower. Well, to me, being in the, the technological world, it was a bit old for my standards. It's, yeah. And I had been looking to get a new PC for a long time. Well, you do it for work. You know, it's your life. That's, yeah, that's what I do. That's what you do. When I'm done working, I go from my work laptop to my gaming PC. <laughs> I turned my chair slightly to the right. That's rough. Yeah. But, <laughs> the uh, goal is to get this whole, you know, piece over here to that, to that t- desk over there, and then sell this drum kit behind me, and you know. Yeah, plug it. Anybody want a drum set? Bro, Anybody wants a drum set? Hit up Mr. Clap. I put it on Facebook for like three hundred bucks for everything. That's like you know, you got two snares, snares alone. Right. Not, drum sets aren't cheap. No. They go for like over 100 bucks. some snares. You know, SJC sells a snare for 300 400 bucks sometimes mm-hmm. if they're good. You know, it's not – and I'm willing to sell all this crap for 300 bucks, stands and everything. I just don't need it. I actually sat down for the first time the other night and came home and cleaned everything. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, maybe this will sell, blah, blah, blah. It's been – I've had 118-something clicks, one bookmark, but – nothing wow the weird thing was is i got a message from somebody like hey i just want to verify that you're a real person here's my number could you send the the google it's like a google number you know just to verify that you're real like just call me just call my phone i'm a real person and they didn't want to do that and it's so sketchy online these days have you ever tried to sell anything online oh my wife does quite a bit She'll either find stuff on Facebook Marketplace or she'll sell it there, but I usually, if I'm looking at Facebook Marketplace, it's to find, like, just, I'm just strolling. I'm just looking through the site, seeing what's up, but if I'm, like, really looking, it's usually at the car section, but the cars are, like, the most sketchiest to look at because there's so many fake listings, so many people who are, I don't want to say that they're lying knowingly, but maybe they're just not telling the whole truth about the current state of their car and what it means. Right. Right. It's like, it's so hard. I, it's like, I don't want to go to a, it's like, I don't want to pay like a full top dollar price at a, at a car shop or retail. But then it's like, if I go into Facebook Marketplace, it's sure, it's cheaper. But you just don't know where you're getting. You don't know what you're getting. You don't even know if it's real half the time. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're caught. You're literally caught because you can't trust the people there and you don't really want to pay the full price elsewhere. And the used car market right now is insane. Mm hmm. The money that people are making off of used cars, 
the dealerships, they can't even find them. They're, everything's going to auction or it's, you know, ungettable or it's just all new cars. Nobody's selling them anymore. Even you go past these, like, little dealerships. Like, I don't even know why I call them dealerships. But the ones past, like, Twinkletown mm-hmm. and Marlboro Auto Sales or something like that, they have no cars. There's nothing out there. Maybe there's, like, four or five, but that's it. Right. It's like, how are they even in business, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's their business model? <laughs> I know. Did you notice that little uh, spot after um, the car dealership? It used to be, like, that gravel pit and, like, dirt pit where Round you can... Up. Right. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And now it's like these little tiny houses. I'm like, where was this when I wanted to move? Because <laughs> I literally would have bought one of these sheds, found a piece of land, and just gone. That's what you should do. Buy I thought about it. A couple acre piece of land. When you're broke, it's hard to do. It's true. That's what loans are for. It's what broke people all do. I already have a loan. It's called a car. <laughs> I'm slowly moving up in the world. You just got to keep adding more loans in. That's what, that's what people Jeez. do. That's what all the rich people tell you to do. Oh, my God. They're idiots. Borrow their money, not your money. Right. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. What's the... Um, did you did you pay off your college loans? Or are they all done? Yeah, no, I paid them off before I had even finished college. Good for you. Yeah. Nice. Well, you were already working. Like, you were already working for Symbotic and stuff like that. Yeah, I had an internship already before I was even... Basically, the internship paid for all of college. And you started, what, when you were, like, a senior in high school, right? Or even before that? No, it was the second semester of my freshman year I started working there, which is uncommon for internships, because usually it takes... Freshman year of high school? No, 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 freshman year of college. college. Okay, okay. Which is slightly unheard of because normally it's like junior year of college you can start to kind of get internships. It just so happened that one, I had connections to the place, but then two, nobody else applied for it. Mm -hmm. Like, why? I don't know. I don't know if people are just not interested in a job. (laughs) (laughs) If it doesn't coincide with the usual college lifestyle, I don't know. Whatever. For whatever reason, I was the only one that put in for it, and I knew the people there because of just my dad's prior work history. Right. And, of course, they were like, yeah, we'll take you, you know? When you had to intern, what did you start? Like, did you start coding right away, or was that just a gradual process? Um, as I've seen other interns come in, the usual process is they give you, like, some like side projects first to kind of assess where you're at. like what Take you- out the garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically get the garbage code and you gotta like, you gotta prove that you can do it. Yeah. And I think for myself, because I came in my freshman year as an intern, they were, um, they knew that I didn't know as much as like a normal intern would just because normally an intern comes in in their senior or junior year of college and they've been through all the courses, they, they have higher expectations for them. So for me, it was like they put me in a bit more of a ground level and did a lot more side projects, taught me like kind of the basics for the first year that I was interning there. But then after that, I was working on like production code at that point. Like I, they had accelerated my learning, pro, like my, my learning growth so much that I was already past everything in college. Like I didn't even learn anything in college because I got the internship and I learned everything on the job. So... By the time I came to my schoolwork, my schoolwork would take me like 30 minutes to get it all done for the whole week, and then it's like, all right, well. Which is kind of a similar thing to like what your dad did, which except, you know, he didn't really have a degree. He just sort of learned from the beginning until now. 
Yeah, back then was a little different because they didn't know really how to teach programming back then. It was so new. It was such mm-hmm. a new process. Yeah. So getting in at the ground level of there was a bit easier and didn't require a degree. Now you basically have to have a degree. Just to get your foot yeah, in the door. Just to like get an interview. Like if, yeah. I mean, I've been a part of interview processes before, so... You know, you see somebody's resume, and it's like, if you don't have a degree, you basically just look at it, and you go, yeah, not for me. (laughs) It's so odd. It's such a weird thing. It's like, how are you ever going to get experience? Like, you want, they, that's all they want now. It's like, do you have experience in this field, and are you certified or whatever? It's like, how do you even get there if you can't get given a chance? That's what's so confusing to me about the whole corporate world of, like, you know, we want to give you a shot, but, you know, you don't meet these sort of requirements of uh, this field or that field. It's like, well, how am I ever going to get there if you don't let me? Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I've definitely seen from the inter- interview processes that I've gone through and, like, the questions I've asked people. It is partly, like, what do you know? You know, you don't want to hire somebody that is clearly not up to the standards of the job. However... Right. That's why they didn't hire James. Right. <laughs> He's never going to listen to this. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um. (laughs) Flippin' loser. He's not even here to defend him. Hey, that's why we can say it. Uh, But, uh, no, clearly you don't want to hire somebody that's underqualified. But at the same time, like, they're not going to usually check every single box you're looking for, mm-hmm. but are they a person that when you're talking to them, they are personable? They demonstrate qualities that show that, yeah, they're willing to learn and work hard and, and fill in the gaps that they don't know. And I think that tends to go further in an interview most of the time than yeah. do you check every single boxes of knowledgeable and every single piece of the, the software stack type of thing. So when you went in and they started talking to you about all this like you were were you nervous at all did you have any trepidations when it came to like walking in there maybe your first day um i wasn't let's see because the way the interview worked is it's very quick for interns where basically i had like 10 minutes with now the director of my of my what's the word i'm looking for field like section of the of the company Branch. Yeah, we'll go with branch. I don't think that's the term that they would use in our company, but let's go with branch because okay. I can't think of what it is. But uh, we're not talking to rocket scientists here. I know. <laughs> Thankfully, I do work with somebody who's got a rocket science degree, though. Are you serious? Yeah, he's got a degree. What in are they astro- doing there? He got a degree in astrophysics. Astrophysics. It's crazy. Those smart people ruin everything for everybody. Um. <laughs> so I knew that first guy, and so that was more like overview of what the company does what you'd be doing you know and even some like catch up a little bit of like haven't seen you in forever you know Mm. beginning stuff like that but then the three i think it was three at the time the three developers came in and two of them still work there um came in and were asking me like the more technical questions to figure out what i did or did not know and by all accounts, I definitely bombed the interview because they're asking questions that, like, <laughs> they're asking about, like, recursive processes and, like, how would you solve certain data set learning 
functions, and I'm like, yeah, okay. You just know. didn't have all the tools yet. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be, I'll tell you what I do know, and I'll tell you what I don't know. Right. <laughs> it was a lot of, like, them almost teaching me, like, these are the st- type of things that you need to know in the future, but we just need to know that you don't know them now. And then it came down to, essentially, when I talked to my, the, my now my current director, he's like, yeah, for a lot of interns, it's, do you think that you can work with this person? And did they show... You're good. <laughs> and did they show uh, that you could work with them and that they had, like, a uh, promise, essentially? And so if basically everybody thumbs up and is like, yeah, like, let's take them on. Then, you know, you kind of can go from there. Like, so wow. it's it's a bit more lenient for interns because they almost expect you to know nothing and they, they're they looking at you as more of, like, a, a project. Like, do we think this project, when it's all said and done, is going to turn into something valuable or is it going to be kind of fruitless? Right, is it going to be worth it to yeah. keep them on? Yeah, I mean, that's... That was a thing with UPS that was big. In my day, like, when I started... If you were late, if you missed time, didn't call, you know, like if you demonstrated that you couldn't handle the work, you were gone. Nowadays, it's like they can't find anyone to work anywhere. There's must be at one point in time, there's probably 15 to 16 help wanted signs in town. Excuse me, where nobody wants to work like nobody wants to put any sort of manual labor into their atmosphere. They're like, nope, this is not me. I'm going to stay home, collect unemployment, and that's it. And then, you know, but that's how I got in was because I showed up every day. You know, I called in for uh, for spots if somebody was out, whatever. They, I always answered my phone. There's only maybe one or two times where I didn't answer the phone when they called because you better have your phone on at 4 in the morning if you want to make it. And nowadays, they're calling everybody. And it's like, you get disciplined, but it's nothing like it was. You'd be fired if you missed a certain amount of days. You would be fired if you couldn't make it on time. But nowadays, they're just catering to really the morons that go in there and don't know what they're doing. Like, they'll misload trucks... You know, they'll have a a bad... They're late every day. It's just the classic case of denial when it comes to employee and employment. And it's like, how does that... How does that work? I'm like, how do these people survive? How do they... (laughs) How is it possible that they're still being allowed to work? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) But at the same time, it's just like, I just close my eyes, do my job, and, and move on. Yeah. I got an education in that building, dog. Let me tell you. I walked in there... I walked in there a decent kid. I learned to leave my feelings at the door <laughs> these days. It, it's 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 like a it's like a beating. It's just like a beating that you take and and then you take it with you everywhere else. <laughs> like at my second job, it's funny, you know, they I think I brought this up in the last episode maybe, but I it was it was funny I had to say that phrase. Because they're like, you know, I, I keep quiet. And when I'm, you know me, when I'm quiet, I'm just thinking about whatever. And they're like, oh, are you all right? Blah, 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 this and this. You know, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't care. I leave my feelings at the door. And <laughs> they're just taken back. Like, what did he just say? <laughs> like, he's not interested in the conversation. or, But it's just that type of that type of uh, attitude and, and skin that I developed 
all these years at UPS. It's wild to me. And now, you know, for instance, it's like when I started, I was making $11 an hour. This contract that we just signed, you're going to be making 21 bucks an hour loading trucks. It's crazy. To start. It's true. There's guys in there that started at 850 It's like, how is... It's, it's insane. It's insane, but... I really didn't feel like striking, so I'm glad that the, all the, that got resolved. Now people are going to be looking to get into UPS. Oh, yeah. See all the posts about how people are like, UPS drivers make $178,000 a year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, you're not far off. It's great. It's not, yeah, I watched a video that, like, described it all. They broke it down, and it's like, yeah, it's not entirely true. It's not like 180000 but because, no. you know, you got to pay taxes, you got to pay for out It's one hundred and twenty. Yeah. Top rate's one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, yeah. and you know they were already making top rate. I think was forty two, forty three, like an hour, and then you got to factor in pensions and yeah. overtime. And there's so many things that go into it. It's it's really crazy. I remember you and I were having this conversation a while ago about the robots, possibly mm-hmm. like you, me, and your dad. I think about how. They were in talks with UPS at one point, right? Wasn't Symbotic in talks with UPS about doing some of their work? I cannot confirm or deny NDA. You know? Oh, you can't say <laughs> Loser. Well, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I like my job, you know? You, you really have to keep quiet on that stuff? They yeah. won't let you talk about it? What no, for? Because we're a publicly traded company now. What's that mean? So if you're on the NASDAQ, if I was to give out any information on what the company is doing, what they're not doing, etc., that could affect the investment in the company. Is that right? Yeah, you can't talk about it at all. I could lose my job over it, essentially. Wow. Because it's insider trading. People can make oh, moves on the market oh, oh, oh. based on the market. Right, so if the company's doing well, right. like, then they can like, capitalize oh, yeah, we got, like, on that. 10, $10 billion in revenue potentially coming, and people were like, we got to invest now, and a bunch of people go in and start investing. And they're like, where did this all come from? And they can trace the source as to where the information got out. Yeah, people can use their jobs. So how does that work with, like, huge companies like Apple and, you know... It's the same same idea, however... Like, it's publicly known that they're big. So it's like, yeah. I'm just trying to think of the connection between both scenarios. So it has to do with where it comes from in the channel. And I mean that in the sense of... Um, like if a CEO, like when they, when Apple does their big releases, they had one like a month or so ago when they had their big talk, talking about the AI that's coming, the new like uh, VR headset, whatever. And I want to say they talked about a new iPhone coming. Um, so when they do that, that's like the head of the companies, like the CEOs, the VI, whatever, all the CFOs. That's the t- the top end of the org doing all of these this talk and releasing. But if, let's say, some Joe Schmo regular developer like myself works at Apple and they go and they tell, you know, all their friends, their family, whoever else that they, they want to put out there for, that, hey, we have all this stuff coming, this is a great time to invest, blah, 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 and you see a huge swing and they can trace that back, the same thing happens at Apple. They would get rid of that person, too. Wow. So that if they have information like a new mm-hmm. products or something like that, yeah, because of this, because people within the company know like what the company is going to be doing. Usually, mm-hmm. they might not have full knowledge, like they might not have the full scope, but they'll know like, hey, we got a new Apple product that's going to be releasing in three months from now, right? And that's plenty of enough lead time if 
somebody who's wealthy enough to buy a large sum or a large amount of stock in a company, then the news comes out, and what happens every single time good news comes out, people invest in it. They're like, this is the time. we got to get in. The people become interested. Right. So I don't know the exact numbers, but I know around that time when Apple did their release or talked about what's coming up, the Apple stock shot up. And so if, if you know ahead of time that this talk is going to happen in like three months, you know the products, you know the interest is going to be there, if you buy in early and then you sell, sell, sell when it's at the high, you come out with a huge profit. Right. And so if you have somebody on the inside, which is why it's insider trading and it's mm. illegal, mm. you could keep repeating that process over time and just keep making boatloads of money. And that's not what America wants. Exactly. <laughs> It's a free market. It's a free market. Air quotes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there, there's so many loopholes in you know businesses in this generation of like huge companies or whatever. I mean, I mean, look at Bitcoin. Nobody ever thought that that was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I remember working at Beaver Street, and there was always this hippie guy that came in, you know, just sucking off the government teat, basically, and would always come in with these new crazy things like oh bitcoin's going to be this 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 and we're like yeah whatever dude you take your <laughs> take your non-showered hair and get out of here <laughs> just go now he showers in gold in gold water all the time i don't even know i i don't even know i don't want to know i still see him driving around and i'm like wow wasn't that guy supposed to be a billionaire by now <laughs> so anyway but it was just like you know you never think that you know, it's it's not even a it's not a real currency, but it it has become one. Like this fake thing has become a conglomerate for tons of people. Like businesses are accepting Bitcoin. You go to some stores, they take Bitcoin on your on a card or something like that. I don't even know how any of it works, but it's just I'm like this is preposterous. <laughs> like none of this exists. This is all crazy. But um, and there's so many different kinds of Crypto now, I think. I mean, I don't even know how many kinds there are now, but there's so many to count. There's too many to count. 99.9% of them are pointless. It seems pointless. Because you only hear about, like, Bitcoin and a few others, but... Yeah, Bitcoin's probably the biggest one, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, like, Ethereum is, like, the second... Ethereum. Yeah. Yeah, 99.99% of them are relevant. And then you have, like, the point zero one percent that actually matter. Yeah. I recently... Well, maybe a year ago, something like that. I recently started putting a little bit of money away in a 401k, like have something, just take it out every month or whatever. In the future, like if I ever decide to just take all the money that I saved in it and not thought about for, you know, whatever amount of time, depending obviously, but I could use it and it won't affect my pension or, or anything. Like I'll take a hit, but it'll only be to the 401k. It won't be to like my bank accounts. True. So that's the only reason I started doing it. It was like if I ever need something in the future that I can, and I'm in a hole, I'm in a pinch, maybe like now. <laughs> Sometime in the future, next week. Yeah, next week, hole. you know, when I'm dying. and Yeah, when I got $23 in my name <laughs> and I'm going between two grocery stores to get a quarter of a meal. Gas for the car? <laughs> Sorry, I got buffalo chicken dip to make. I'm going to the neighbor's car with a two and I'm <laughs> like, is that a fan? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent broke. It's just, 
<laughs> Just joking. Um, but, I mean, it is crazy to think like how much stock people put into stocks or you know some sort of company idea that they think is going to make money and how many of those tank like i'm just thinking about the percentages and stuff like that it must be crazy um it really depends like usually people don't invest in things that they think aren't going to work that's if anybody tells you to invest in something that they don't think is going to work it's probably not worth listening to <laughs> facts but for the most part like if you have a smart investment plan of like if you believe UPS is the future, right, you can invest in it. If you believe FedEx is the future, you can invest in it. If you believe Google, Amazon, like all of these big companies, Tesla, are all the future, then invest in it. Mm. I mean, I'm not here to give. No, <laughs> stock me neither. This isn't this isn't a stock show, but this people. Is, this is the most adult conversation I've heard you have on this podcast. Oh, stop it. <laughs> If you, you actually lose all your listeners, like wow, now I know you don't listen. So boring. <laughs> He's talking about stocks. He's talking about jobs. Well, Doug, I mean, we have half of the show is nonsense. I gotta have some sort of stability <laughs> when it comes to you know actual adult life. <laughs> but uh, let's. This is totally off topic. I wanted to ask you this question. Um, you know, now that you're older and and you're like a dad and stuff like that. Do you feel how do I want to ask this question? Do you feel old? <laughs> no, not do you feel old. Do you feel a certain change in like certain responsibilities like when you I know, you know, we've known each other a long time obviously, and there was a switch that went off when you became a dad. And with that switch, you seemed like you're ridiculously happy. Do you still have that sort of drive, like from that day on, or is it is it still is it kind of worn off a little bit? Like, are you basically just in the habit of doing the responsibilities that you have? Or are you still on that sort of high of, oh my gosh, this is the greatest gift I could have? I think when it comes to children, it doesn't usually go away until. <laughs> I was gonna say until they get older and they can talk back. But <laughs> no, I think like children are just such a gift that it's like you enjoy the whole process, goods and bads, because it's not good every day. No, like there's nights that they don't sleep and it really bothers you. There's days where you get a book thrown at your forehead and that hurts and it doesn't. You know, these are all things that have happened. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> there's days where you get bit on the shoulder and you got a big red mark for like three days. Still got that. What is going on? So, you know, it's not sunshines and rainbows. No, but, and I, I didn't expect it to be. I was just curious what you thought. But I would say it definitely changes your perspective on how you look at life and how, like, what your priorities are, essentially. Because, you know, I see other peers of mine that are same. I mean, like, you would be fit into this bucket of a person the same age as me, but totally different circumstances in life. And you can freely choose to go and do and, and spend money on things and have freedom to kind of choose what you want to do. Where I go, wow, that would be really fun to be able to do that. But I got X, Y, Z. I got a kid at home. I got to, not that you don't work, but like you got to work, you got a family. You got to like sure. think about some just other things that if you're the same age as me and single and can go out and just like, hey, 
uh, I'm going to take a week off. I'm going to go out to Colorado, and I'm going to go bar hopping in Colorado, and just, like, <laughs> I'm going to go skiing every day, whatever, right? Like, I, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> I, and I heard Colorado's really fun. I, I've heard. I've heard it's really fun from I, other I, people. I've My sister actually lived in Boulder for many years. Yeah. And she she loved it. Yeah, she loved it. There's I don't think there's a single part. The only thing that I have heard, this is a crazy story I'm going to drop on you that I have not said on this show before. So I work with uh, somebody at UPS. He was a preloader, same shift as me, and now he's a driver. So his sister owned, used to own a very prominent bakery in town. We'll talk off air. I'm not going to say the name of it. But anyway, so the whole family I've known for for years and you know circumstances happened uh, she didn't feel like she was being treated fairly by her family it was kind of a family-owned bakery business and stuff like that so she felt like she was being treated poorly completely leaves drops everything drops the business she was like going into real estate drops that falls off the face of the planet doesn't talk to anybody doesn't tell anyone she's leaving and the next thing you know goes missing her truck is found at like a 7-eleven in Colorado uh, keys in it dogs gone basically abandoned for months they could not find her they were looking you know and the Colorado rate of abduction is obscene like abduction and kidnapping it, it, the, the percentages are actually off the charts so, you know, it was not out of the question that that was happening. They don't hear anything, they don't hear anything, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, the UPS circle, like as far as the old timers and me, like we all pretty much stay in touch with each other. It's like a family thing. I've said it a thousand times. You could make a Netflix TV show about the place where I work at. It's nuts. But anyway, we all scream and yell at each other, but at the end of the day, we love each other. But anyway, so like a month or two ago, maybe three months at, at most, we find out that she's homeless, abandons everything she had, the bakery, the real estate, the truck. She's homeless with her dog on the streets. Just abandon all sorts, like all any sort of successful life that she could have had and was leading she just said I'm done and completely cut everything off and they they all thought she was dead because they couldn't find her and then they hired a private investigator and they finally found her so you know thank god that they did but it's just so interesting to me that you could be living a successful life and making hand over fist money really with your bakery and, and, and just say I don't want it. I'm done. It's very, very odd. So success doesn't necessarily bring out the best in everybody. It was it was a crazy story when I heard it, but yeah, that's that's the one thing I've heard about Colorado that's not great is the fact that people just get napped up. Like <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Anyone ever try to kidnap you? No, no. Ah, yeah, bro, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm probably bigger than anyone. Eight foot tall kid. <laughs> what? How tall were you? Like, I mean, how tall are you now? Have you shrunk at all? No. Oh, okay. Still, 
Six one. Six one. When did you reach that full height? High school? No, like eighth grade. Eighth grade, you were six one. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Everybody's taller than me. <laughs> yeah, I stopped. I think I stopped growing eighth grade, honestly. Maybe, maybe one more inch, but I was pretty much this height in eighth grade. Yeah. I had size thirteen shoes at thirteen. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it, like for a long time. It was like every single year of my childhood, I would go up one size of shoe, and then it stopped when I hit thirteen. Now, when did you start getting involved in sports? Um, when I was like six, seven. I mean, because it always starts like you know playing rec soccer so very early on yeah then. like t-ball yeah. you know sure that kind of stuff basketball i don't think i played t-ball yeah no i did <laughs> yeah you always take the easy way out yeah. <laughs> hey baseball is the hardest sport to play man no care. it's not it is no it is nope i'm sorry it definitely is it's not harder than Name, what sport is a, is it not harder than cribbage I think you're thinking of cricket. Cricket. Cribbage is Cricket's the, had. Cribbage is the board game. I know what pins. cribbage is. That's why I was, I was making a joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cribbage is hard if you can't count, Sam. I'll relax. You know I can't count. <laughs> you can't count cards? Can't count, read. <laughs> Nothing. I'm surprised I graduated. What was, your, what was your favorite sport to play? Was it baseball or was it basketball? Uh, baseball is by far my favorite to play, but it's the hardest to get people to play casually because yeah well one to play baseball you need 18 people yes so getting 18 people is already a challenge nine people per team yeah 18 total i mean there's it's not like you can play a pickup game of baseball yeah, you can't play pickup baseball <laughs> no I mean, you can, so then the alternative is you play like slow pitch softball right this still requires a good amount of people maybe you know you can do nine on each team yeah usually you can get away with like seven if you really wanted to but it still takes it takes a lot of manpower to play like softball, or in baseball is like you don't usually play like pickup baseball because it's almost too intense. It's like too intense in a way of like throwing overhand and like the speed at which people just don't want to do that. It takes like too much upkeep. Where it's so much easier to play softball, mm. it's less of a commitment. I just thought of something, by the way. Um, this is totally out there, but we should go. We should take a day while James is here. And just golf. We should get up really, get up really early in the morning, and just go golfing. I know a few of our friends that would do. Dude, that. we should do it. I was, I'm like, I'm legit thinking about it right now. You know, while we should definitely do it while he's here, it would be so much fun. He could just use one of our club, like one of our sets of clubs or something like that. Like that thing I sent you on Instagram the other day. That's what yeah. made me think of it. I was like, we should do this. <laughs> it'd be so much fun. I would definitely be down to do it. Golf? I feel like golf. Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> go golfing. I ain't cheating. Go golfing. I ain't cheating on my wife. I ain't married. Uh, I bring out the whole ocean. Oh god, what an idiot! Why would <laughs> he's such an idiot? But I feel like I feel like golf is one of the hardest sports of all. It's a very hard game. Yeah. It's very very tough. Golf and baseball are like in a lot of ways some of the hardest because the amount of yeah, they're not physically intensive usually. I mean, there are aspects of baseball that are more physically intensive. Yeah, just ask CC Sabathia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I said I didn't say pitching was fatso. Peak. But <laughs> Eat a you vegetable. Know, if, you, like, if you play outfield, you can't just be like this slow slob. No, you got to be, be in shape. Relatively yeah. in shape. Absolutely. Yeah. But golf and baseball require a, a hand-eye coordination skill that a lot of other sports don't require at the peak. Well, that ball is coming at you at 100 miles an hour at some yeah. points. It's oh, a 90-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball or, you know, it's it's hard to watch. Yeah, we're, we're past the days of, like, Greg Maddox where Greg Maddox was never known to be a hard thrower. Like, he, was, he could hit 90, but he was primarily, like, a high 80s fastball, mm. low 90s at times. But his whole thing was uh, he was extremely precise in how he placed his pitches and, and just the art of, of attacking a hitter. Hmm. Gone are kind of those days where if you don't throw like 92, 94, then they're going to hit it. Especially like a right-handed pitcher, hmm. you're you're not really going to make it. Like no. you got to have some good velocity on top of having good control and command over your, your pitches. Clemens had that. You know, yeah. he, he you know, obviously he was on 18 pounds of steroids, but I mean <laughs> the, the guy the guy could throw a ball. Yeah. It was insane to watch him play. I mean, right now we're in a generation of baseball players. I mean, I know the sport itself is not as prolific as it used to be. Like, it's it's not more popular than basketball. It's no. not more popular than football. Yeah. And if we're good no. talking globally, it's not more popular than soccer or football, <laughs> depending on where, you, where you're at. Futsal. So, <laughs> but the gener- this generation of baseball players is insane to watch because they're so incredibly talented. Yeah. Like, we're watching, right now we have Shohei Otani. There's, there's never been a player like him. In the history of baseball. And people will say Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is not playing against people that could throw 90-mile-per-hour sinkers. No. Like, the, back in Babe Ruth's day, the slider didn't even exist. Right. Think about that. The slider. That's, that's like so If crazy. you don't have a slider in the MLB, you probably haven't made it to the MLB. Now everybody's got a fastball that throws at least 90, 92, 94. Right. Everybody's got a disgusting curveball. They've got a slider. they got a changeup. They have all of, like... The most disgusting pitches you've ever seen. Yeah. Babe Ruth was playing against guys that were throwing fastballs maybe in high 80s. Yeah. And he was smoking and eating, like, hot dogs during the game. Like, <laughs> Shohei Otani just an absolutely giant behemoth of a man who can go out and throw a 102-mile-per-hour fastball and the next inning crank, like, a home run 480 feet. Yeah. I mean, and then you look at guys like Wade Boggs, who was a 12-time All-Star, and, you know, you you always hear that story of him on that plane drinking, like, 102 beers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just, like, it's preposterous. And then, you know, which is such a contrast between that and basketball. There's nobody that shoots like Larry Bird anymore. Larry Bird was no. a savage. He was a trash talker. I mean, he was such a – there's so many characters back then that could walk the walk. You know, Bird was just – a sharpshooter. You know, you have nobody that plays like that anymore. I mean, you have you have good shooters. Like, no lie. Like, Steph Curry can drain him from anywhere. He's He just ball after ball after ball. I mean, but, I mean, it's so different from, like, basketball where you'll never see Julia Serving ever again. You'll never see a character like that ever again. There's, <laughs> there's just, it's just, there's not going to happen. Like, Michael Jordan was a close second for sure, but, I mean, Dr. J was his own thing, and nobody was better. Whereas nowadays, you see people in baseball who are just topping it every single time. 
You know what I mean? Like like you were saying with the pitching, like with the 90-mile-an-hour fastball or slider or something like that. I mean, that's exactly how, that's how I look at it anyway. I don't know if you agree with me. Probably not, but I'd like to think. <laughs> Here, my take on the basketball <laughs> thing is I think every sport is, is hitting this. By the way. James is going to hate that I'm talking about sports right yeah, now. So. James is going to hate that, you, that, <laughs> that I even Dr. J, that and then he said Jordan's a close the, second. <laughs> he, is, he is, dude. I mean, Jordan's the GOAT. Like, there's, Jordan is the GOAT. But in his day, you, all, you saw Dr. J do that before Jordan, way before Jordan. Like, he was playing like that for years, for years. And, I mean, half those guys came out of New York. I, I think it was, like, Eddie Murphy – Dr. J, Eddie Murphy, the comedian, Howard Stern, they all went to the same, I think it was either the same middle school or high school, uh, Ro- I think Roosevelt. They all went to that, um, I think, is, Long- is Roosevelt in Long Island? I have no idea. Well, get a, get a map out, let's look at, no. Um, I don't care what high schools people go to. Whatever, loser. <laughs> Just because we went to a bad high school doesn't mean other people did. <laughs> the only one that I know is Juilliard. <laughs> Anyway, so, no, I just think it's interesting, the contrast between both sports and also the fact that, I mean, I don't really see a lot of good shooting anymore. You know what I mean? I don't see a lot of guys taking chances, I guess is what I'm saying. I think a lot of people just drive to the basket. In today's NBA, I think it's the opposite. I think back then everybody drove to the hoop. Really? Well, yeah, think about it. Think about how many threes Jordan hit. At his highest, like at his peak in a season. No, for sure. But I feel like those people who do take those threes miss 90% of the time. I mean, if you're... Okay, like Steph Curry is like a 40%. I'm not including him. (laughs) Well, okay, let's let's look at the top like 10 three-point shooters. Okay. You got like Clay Thompson. He's probably somewhere in the top 10 of three-point shooters in today's NBA. Dude. You have Dame Lillard, Steph Curry... Then there's like, uh, oh, what's the kid that's on the Kings? Oh, I cannot think of his name. It's not important. It's not important. <laughs> you got Trey Young. Like, just those four names right there. There's probably four, at least four people in the top ten. Right. All of them shoot like between 35 and 40% from three-pointer. Which is good. I mean, like, I, I guess I'm ma- basing, like, my... My games, I usually watch the Celtics, so it's like I can't. Yeah, Celtics have really, no shooters. No, they have no shooters. I can't compare. So I mean, like, but every game I watch, like every versus game I watch with them against another team, it doesn't seem like the other team has a lot of shooters either. But I mean, do you think that that's based on comfortability in maybe your home base or, or like, you know, the crowd? being loud and stuff like that. I mean, what do you think it is where you're just on some nights and then you're dog water the other nights? Uh, that just kind of happens, right? Some nights you just got it. Other nights you don't. Like, it's, it's just how sports work. Okay. But I think when you watch the Celtics, the Celtics are very good defensively. Yeah. So, even, like, when the... They had a good year this year. It wasn't... Yeah, it was solid. They had a chance to... I mean, but once they came up against the Heat, it was just going to be... It was... Like, yeah. the thing about... Um, the thing about the Celtics is they're really good defensively. And so even when they played the Warriors in the finals two years ago, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the Warriors were just blowing them out of the water with threes. Like they, they were locking down and containing Curry as best as they could. They were making, they were forcing him to pass the ball to pool. They were forcing other people to beat them. 
And so that's kind of what they do. Like if you if you're a three point shooting team, like for example the Heat with Duncan Robinson, that's kind of all he does is he shoot threes. Or back in the day with the Hawks with the like Kyle Korver and things like that. Like they're the key is to just push them off of what they want to what they want to do and force other people to beat you. Duncan Robinson's the white kid, right? Yeah, fifty five, I think. Funny story. So, my mom. Remember, I was telling you, mom's going to Maine. Mm-hmm. So the people that she, she, my mom and my stepdad are staying with, like our friends or whatever. Uh, my friend Ethan and Eli's mom, Debbie, works in the same dentist office as that kid's mom. That's crazy. <laughs> so he's from Dover, New Hampshire. So he's a New Hampshire boy. That's crazy. <laughs> he's insane. That kid's on fire. He can yeah, shoot. He's a really good shooter. Yeah, he's good. But I think when you watch the Celtics games, because they're so they're always like top five defense wise. At least yeah. the past few years they've been. It's a Boston with thing. Smart and you know Robert Williams and Tatum and Brown are all pretty good defensively. Like there's some nights where Tatum is just terrible though. There's yeah. some nights where he's just like takes a dump on the court, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> what happened to the other night where you scored 38 points, 40 points? <laughs> I mean, you're playing against like the other peak. Yeah, there's so many good players. Peak players of your sport, you know. Yeah. Even to be like Tatum, who's probably considered top one of the best five, top ten, wherever you want to kind of put him. Sure. Yeah. Like, you're still playing against the other point zero one percent of players in the world at the yeah. sport. Right. Like, I remember the the quote, and maybe you've seen this from Brian Scalabrini, that he was like, "I'm closer to LeBron than you are to me at playing basketball." Hmm. Like that's just how big the gap is of just skill of the yeah. NBA player. To, like, oh, there's so much person. talent. There's so much talent. It, it's it's wild. It's wild. I mean, I look at guys like Spud Webb who changed the game. I mean, it, he I think he was my height. He was like five six when he was. When he was playing, but just so, yeah. dunking over savages, just going a hundred percent. Why are you dunking? Well, I've seen your calves. I think it's a weight. It weighs me down. I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> bro! I remember one time <laughs> you got you got bricks in your calves. <laughs> it's not muscle; it's just injected bricks. Oh my gosh, dude! Well, my dad's got it too. It's a gene thing, to be honest. Oh, yeah, my yeah. dad's got huge calves. His dad had huge calves. What are you giggling at? What's so funny? (laughs) Yeah, you're hilarious. You know, I I did the machine once when Total Fitness Zone was still in town, Mm -hmm. and I was working out hardcore. You broke it like three three four times a week. I I never used it. I never used that machine. I swear in my life. And I was like, I wonder if I could do the entire stack. (laughs) It took me two seconds. I walked over there. You put your you put your shoulders underneath the pads. You grab onto the top of it, and you just yeah. lift. It took seconds. Easy. It was nothing. I was like, "Wow, why can't this be like in my chest or like <laughs> in, my, in my arms or shoulders? Why does it have to be in my calves?" And then it takes me eighteen years to find jeans that fit. <laughs> and then he picked up and did a ten-pound dumbbell workout. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Goes over and loads up 400 pounds on his cast. Uh, yeah. Pow, pow, pow. This, this, is, this is my day job. There's his, <laughs> his light work will be. We're going to pause because I got to take a pee. Oh, my God. I know you're shocked. I'm not shocked. <laughs> but we're going to take a pause. Pretty often like I do.
You want to know how I know this? It's because I'm very articulate. Articulate? To, to people's feelings. Oh. And, you know, oh, not definitely, definitely, definitely not presumptuous when it comes to articulate. invading people's privacy. Articulate. <laughs> no, I'm not any of those things. It was, it was a joke. He's articulate to our mm. feelings, everyone. Yeah. No, I have noticed that. I mean, it's even in beer sometimes, like even in these, I noticed like, I don't know if it's a salt factor or if it's a preservative factor or whatever the heck they put in this crap. I've noticed a, a difference in taste. Well, it's definitely our palates too. Like as you get older, I think you lose taste for things like, I remember there was a specific chip that 7-Eleven used to sell. It was like a Buffalo Ranch Dorito mm-hmm. and it was my favorite Dorito of all time. And then it went away, and then they brought it back, and I was just like, this is not the same. Same with Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos was my favorite snack in the 90s, and it was only sold in Canada for years, and then they brought it back, and it's not the same. It's not the same. It's weird. I think you're right. I don't know why. I do remember something about like losing taste, or it doesn't get as strong or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um... No, I I wish I had more of a passion for... Food? No, I don't need a passion for that. I lost <laughs> 60 pounds. Um, I wish I had more of, like, a passion to watch sports. Because I really yeah. do, like... I do enjoy getting involved in it and stuff like that. Especially being from, like, the Boston area, New England, stuff like that. We're very passionate about our sports. So it's like, you know, I get very... Uh, excited watching those games. Like, I feel like I'm involved, but I wish I had the knowledge that you guys did. Like, I wish I had the drive to do fantasy football or, you know, just any extracurricular activities that I could, you know, talk to you guys about. I'm just like, I don't feel like doing this in any way, shape, or form. Fantasy football is a curse. Why is it a curse? Because once you start playing, you can't stop. It's just too much fun. Well, you have to stop. I mean, the, the season ends. No, but I do. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I mean, right around. Oh, oh, okay. In Dynasty, if you play a Dynasty Excuse football me. league, if you play Dynasty Fantasy Football League and you can still do trades and everything in the off season, add and drop, yeah, they never stop. Oh my gosh, Unreal. there's like a two month period after the Super Bowl or like at once like playoffs kind of like NFL playoffs. Sure. Once they start, the fantasy football season's over. So there's kind of like a two-month period of like, all right, everybody just kind of goes and enjoys the the playoffs and whatnot. It takes like an off-season. Yeah. But then once like the Super Bowl happens, you know, a couple weeks after the Super Bowl, a lot of teams are already starting, like NFL teams are starting to prep for the next year. they got the draft coming up, free agency's coming up, like, you know, figuring out what you're going to do with the players in your roster currently you got people whose contracts are coming up. Like, their business never stops. Right. And so for fantasy football, it's kind of similar for Dynasty Leagues. Like, they just don't... We just don't stop year-round. When you... When you go watch the draft... Yeah. Do, are you watching these guys out of college? Oh, like... Because no. I, I always wondered. I was like, how do they know who's going to be good and who's not going to be good? Like, are they actually involved? You know, I didn't... You, I figured, maybe would watch college once in a while. Yeah, it's definitely more of a southern thing because all the what's really, a southern thing? Uh, watching college football usually. Really? Because up here in the north, there's no, there's really no big schools for football. 
Like, if you want to say Boston College is the biggest, that's probably the biggest school that we got out here for football. Mm-hmm. Syracuse is probably the other. That's New York, right? Yeah. Gotcha. But even then, like, you usually think of Syracuse for, like, basketball. Like, that's, that's the normal you would think of for Syracuse. But yeah, there's no big colleges up north for football or for anything. I hmm. mean... When I say north, I'm not talking like across the United States because you have Oregon way over there. That's, that's also, quote-unquote, north. But if you're talking northeast, there's just nothing up here. Mm. But if you look down south, you got the Georgias. you got the Alabamas. you got Duke. LSU. you got Duke. you got North Carolina. North Carolina, like yeah. Florida. Florida, uh, Florida Carolina State. has two big colleges. Oh, huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny because I'll go down and visit my brother-in-law and my sister, and Duke hates North Carolina. Oh, yeah. They hate them. Yeah, They're so like, do I, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm a So do I. I live up north. I have no connection, but yeah, I hate them. <laughs> of course they hate North Carolina. They named their golden retriever after that team. Yeah. Losers. <laughs> Get a life. <laughs> Who gets a dog these days? No. I know, anyway. right? <laughs> Who has a dog? Who, is, who gets married? Who I, know, I know. <laughs> bunch of lists, bunch of morons, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, before I forget, in in case I do, happy anniversary. Thank I know you. it's coming up. What? This Next is week. four years. Five. Five years. Five years. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. It goes by so much faster when you get older. <laughs> it really does. It's because your perception of time changes. I know. I'm still trapped in the 90s for some reason. Because <laughs> when you're a kid, a kid or whole summer, like if you're, if, let's say you're 10 years old, right? Whole summer is, you know, or a whole year is a tenth of your existence. Like that's all you know. Mm. Then as you get older, uh, now a year goes by, it's like a 27th of your existence. It's so much, a sm- it's so much of a smaller portion of your life. I know. It's like... If you really want to break it down even further, right? Usually as a kid, you don't have a recollection. You don't have your, your brain developed until you're 5 or 6 to even have a recollection of everything that happens prior. So when you're 10, it's really like... Let's say you cut off it at 5. You really have a, a knowledge of 5 years of your life. So it's like a whole year is a, a fifth of your life, of your conscious life. That's so That's, crazy. It's a huge portion of your life at that point. So it feels longer. As you get more years, and now you're older, now it's so much of a smaller portion. Which is funny because you look at you look at a kid, you know, like Rowan will do repetitive things. Like mm-hmm. he'll he knows sign language and stuff like that. He's very very intelligent, and to see him do that sort of repetitive process, it's like even in that early development of those first five years, you learn so much. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much to be said for like. I don't even like. I, I, I guess a good comparison would be uh, my friend Don Kraus, who got me the job at the fireworks store. His kid is like two, and is already like walking, talking, playing on like playgrounds, and so like he's just he's very and he's a happy-go-lucky kid, like literally smiling almost a hundred percent of the time, and just like this is his father's spitting image. But it's just like it's so funny how smart they are in those first few years mm-hmm. like or the, how they have the potential to be I suppose mm-hmm. um I don't 
I have a very, I, I'm very blessed to have a decent memory of like, I remember from 97 and on, 1997 and on, I, that's as far back as I can go. Anything else before that, I, it's, pfft, nope. How's your memory? Do you think about, like, I mean, the earliest memories I have with you is like fighting with you. <laughs> That was a long time ago. I have a pretty good memory, but a lot of my childhood, you tend to pick out things that are, like, bad, significant in my life, <laughs> good or bad. Like, sure. that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. So, like, yep, I remember too. the first day of going to kindergarten. Like, just, like, the getting dropped off in an environment that you're never used to. Right. With other kids that you don't know and just like, you it's know. It's scary. Yeah. Like, dude, I remember crying. I remember sitting outside of the school crying. Wow. I didn't want to go. And, uh, you know, so like I remember things like that. I remember there was times like on a playground where, you know, you're running around and the kid punched me. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember so things like funny. that. So funny. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I remember the first lie I ever told. Yeah. As a kid. I'm like, maybe it's not the first, but it's the earliest I can recollect. I told my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Katz. I said, you know I'm going to work for Phil Collins one day? (laughs) (laughs) He's going to have me as one of his singers. And she's like, oh, that's great. I remember leaving that classroom thinking, why did I say that? (laughs) Why did I just lie to my teacher? (laughs) But then I got older and I was like, she did not hear a word I said. She does not care. She probably hears this a thousand times. Yeah, I was going to say, she definitely heard you, but then she goes, oh, kids. That's what you do. They just say like crazy stuff. It's like so that. funny, but even like at that early age, I knew who Phil Collins was. It was like I loved yeah. his music, and I was convinced like this is what I want to do. Oh yeah. Whoever would have thought that I would have been a musician twenty years later? But yeah, I not working for Phil Collins. Not working for Phil Collins. Is he dead yet? He's got to be close. Dude, I don't know. He looks horrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I remember. I remember learning the letters of the alphabet. Mrs. Katz would bring out balloons for each letter. She had a different style balloon figure for all the letters of the alphabet. Like, you brought out an A, it would be shaped with an A with, like, you know, it's basically a cartoon balloon with glasses and something like that. But she had for each letter of the alphabet, and I can't even believe it, I remember that. Alligator, bear, cat. Something like that. You know, it was just... Like, this is the letter of the week. This is the letter we're using each week. We're going to learn this. And I remember the kid that got uh, held back in kindergarten. (laughs) I I know of a few. (laughs) I was never... Were you ever worried about that? Like, you wouldn't pass a grade? No. I was. Very good. That was, like, one of my biggest fears as a kid, was being left back. It's like, I don't want to screw up so bad that I can't get it together. I was always like a A B student all through school. No at all. <laughs> I I actually scholastically speaking, I performed my best in college because I could finally start taking all the courses that I cared about, hmm. and I could drop all the ones that I didn't care about. Right. Whereas in high school and you know, middle school and elementary school, you have to take everything. Yeah, there's like no choice. Yeah, you, you gotta sit through music, even if you don't care for it. Foreign language. You gotta sit through foreign language. You gotta sit through art class. Like you just, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Even though 
computer class, which you yeah. sat through and adored, obviously, because yeah, it became your profession. Yeah, that's what I loved. Yeah. But yeah, like I, if I could cut out, you know, music, if I could cut out like art class, that I wouldn't have to take them. I do that every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, what did you excel in? Like, what do you think your your best subject was? Math and science. Math and science. Yeah. Why science? Um, Were you interested lot, in science? It's a lot like math. People don't want to think of it that way, but it's a lot like math. Like, specifically like chemistry. Okay. A lot of equations and writing out, like, jeez, uh, what are they called? They're not called permutations. Essentially, like, when oxygen debinds from, you know, a set of molecules or whatever, you're trying to combine the two and, and writing out the, the mathematical equation for that. Because by itself, it's what, O2? Yeah. But yeah. then, like, whenever it combines, it loses an oxygen and it binds to another molecule and... Mm-hmm. You got to write out all the formulas for that, and you got to diagram what it, what the molecule will look like, and how much heat was lost in this transaction, and all that kind of stuff. Did you did you like science? Oh yeah, chemistry was my favorite. Oh okay, chemistry okay. was my favorite science. Well, no wonder you excelled at it. You liked it. You had a passion for it yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. See, that's why I would I would cut class, like <laughs> to go to music. I would leave class. In the middle of class, just walk away. Like, we'd be doing an assignment. I gotta go. No no pass. No pass, no nothing. Just get up and leave. Like, I I was a tyrant in school. Like, there's no lie. (laughs) I remember, you know, right after I put that kid in the hospital, things really took a bad turn. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, mean, it, it... Once I hit high school, things were... I became obtuse. I was nowhere. I, I just... True. I did whatever. You know, I, I did whatever to get out as early as I could because I was sick of it. By the time you get to high school, you're sick of it. It's like it's eight years, and then you're going in here you're like, this is the final stretch, but I don't want to be here anymore. I did not want to be in that building whatsoever. I was done. It's funny. I liked high school because I felt they had more freedom there. than I, I did feel that. I felt I had more freedom, but I still wanted to get out. Yeah. And then in college, you have even more freedom, but... It's very hit or miss if it's enjoyable. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a a subtle freedom because you know that you have to take care of yourself in order to get through it. No one's gonna hold your hand or yell at you or send you an email, yeah. do your homework. It's a very different vibe. Yeah, it's very different. Where in high school, like if you got a zero on something, you could go up to the teacher and be like, "Hey, can I like turn this in late and get?" <laughs> some part of credit sure we do the assignment right you could like get something for it but in college it's like if you get a zero it's like I don't care that's it like, that, it is what it is mm-hmm. most most of the time you know there's always exceptions some teachers are very reasonable but it's not always the case did you have a did you have a favorite teacher in college no or in high school in high school yeah no I definitely had favorites you did nice yeah Mr. Lagasse was my favorite. He oh, retired, right? Yeah, he retired, I think, last year. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. I, I Obviously, I didn't have him because I didn't go into that line of work, but he he was a nice guy, an all-around nice, decent person. Mr. Vanderkern was also very great. He uh, he did a bunch of the cinematography courses. Mr. Vanderkern. He was also he was the teacher who was responsible for all the morning announcements. Oh, he had the ponytail, right? 
Yes. Yeah, I got kicked out of his class. Yeah, he was. I loved him. I got in a fight with the, his helper, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trinkle. <laughs> I remember he was like swearing at me, and he's like, "I'll bounce you right out of this class!" Blah, 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 like just threatening me or whatever. I went right up to his superior. I was like, "This is what he said." <laughs> like, I'm not tolerating this. If he says it again, and then my mother got involved, mm-hmm. and it was all over. That guy tried to apologize to me. I <laughs> say la V. <laughs> I ain't talking to you. <laughs> I can't believe I passed that class. <laughs> yeah, those two are my two favorites. I like Mr. Craven. He was really cool. He, I, I bumped into him recently. Yeah. He is a sweetheart of a guy. He's great. I, like I always liked him. He's, but one of the biggest Cure fans I've ever met. He loves the <laughs> Cure. He loves the Cure. I'm trying to think if there's any other... I learned a lot in that class. Yeah. In that film studies class, anyway. Uh, he did film studies, yeah, and then Vandekern did, like, the actual learning. How TV and productions. Camera, yeah. That's, that's where Zach Gavin excelled. That's true. <laughs> I've known Zach Gavin since kindergarten. Yeah. He, oh, wow. and even then, like, he started to have a... He started to move towards film, like in the fifth grade. He started doing short films with Alex Hall and and Cam Jessup, and I mean, he was all over the place with film right away. I remember that, and uh, I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but I mean, I know that he went into the film industry. So those classes really did mold some people. Yeah, I think you tend to become close with the teachers in the field you have the most interest in. Mm-hmm. So for me, Lagasse was my closest because I took all of his computer courses, I did all the programming courses, and yeah. even now I'm on like some board of people for Keen High that uh, help shape like the programming courses that are being put into Keen High. You are? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because I'm a <laughs> s- ex-student. That's good at what I do. <laughs> so they're like, "Hey, would you come in and give us some recommendations of like because they want they want to offer courses that are relevant to what people do sure in the field." Yeah, you know, it doesn't help if like all the current languages are Python and C sharp and Java and whatever, and you're teaching like how to do basic and how mm-hmm. to do like I mean C plus plus is still useful, but. If you're just teaching languages that aren't used, right? You like you always want to be offering things that are useful. So yeah, like Latin's a dead language. Yeah, exactly. Like no, you don't want to ever, unless you're a doctor. You don't care about Latin. Yeah, I, I had a couple teachers who I really, really dug. I mean, it was hard for me because I was such a, I was such a punk. I I didn't I did not take school seriously. Thank you. I did not take school seriously. <laughs> whatsoever unless I was interested in what we were talking about Mm -hmm. I thrived in high school because I took this program called the CCC which if those of you who obviously don't know is called the Cheshire uh, Career Center and Sue Silk got me into that program right into like sophomore year so sophomore year on I was getting out of school at one o'clock like right after third period or sometimes before and going straight to work and I got credit for that and I actually graduated with more credits than I needed. So that, I really owe a lot to her for getting me into that. And I just, like, I didn't want to be there anyway. So it, it worked out perfectly. It's true. But I did learn a lot about 
you know, obviously I worked early on in my life, but it really taught me how to uh, gauge persistence and like a drive to just keep moving forward. Like this is what you have to do to survive. Anyway. Gotta put food on the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you, I guess kind of to wrap everything up, but like when you, when you were playing sports all the time, like you were involved in quite a bit, like how many teams were you on by the time, time you got to high school? By the time you got to high school, were you doing like football or? I never played football. You never played football. It's my favorite sport, but I never played it. Um... The rotation would usually be something like this. Fall time was either cross-country running or soccer. Winter time was basketball. Then towards the end of winter would be AAU baseball would usually start up. So have practices in the winter time for baseball. Then the high school baseball season would start up. And then when that was wrapping up, then AAU summer ball would start up. And there was usually, uh, as a third team at that time, like the local league, like the local just town league that you would play in, like Babe Ruth League. So at one time, I'm playing in three different leagues at a time, or three different teams at a time. And then usually what happens is high school wraps up, Babe Ruth kind of keeps going, then wraps up, and then you have like an all-star team, and then the all-star team has a state tournament every year. So you play in that. AAU is going on every single weekend. You have practices throughout the week for all of these teams. And then once AAU kind of wraps up towards the end of summer and the state tournament or tournaments in general for All-Stars wrap up, then you usually play fall ball, fall baseball. So, so it's basically going, going, going. It just never around. stops. The only, yeah, the only time you have off for baseball, or like the only time I had off for baseball usually was, one, if I decided to not play fall ball to just – because it's not, like, great competition then. So it almost was like if you want to play some more baseball, you can. Um, but you could take fall ball off. And then basically, like, November and December. Yeah, November, December, you'd have off from baseball pretty much. Gotcha. And then it starts back up in January and winter with winter practices. And then fall ball would normally end, like, either end of September beginning of October. Was it weird for you to make the transition from basically always on essentially the road doing all these <laughs> things that you were doing to like sitting at a desk all day? <laughs> I forgot. So I played AAU basketball at the same time. Yeah, too. exactly. Like you so. were just <laughs> always doing something. Like is it, it what was the transition like for you to like always being active and moving to now you're helping an insanely successful company? Um, it was... In some, I don't know if I want Take to Take your time. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, I don't miss it, per se. No, I know. Like, I know what you mean. Or, like, you have, like, really fond memories, but at the same time, it's like, you understand that you can't do it forever. Right. Right? Like, you hit a realization point of... I'm not going to be a professional baseball player. I'm not going to be in the NBA. Right. And I hit the realization with basketball way earlier than I did with baseball. But, you know, you hit the point where you realize, and that kind of happened for me when I was freshman year of college, where I had the choice. I could have played college baseball. Mm -hmm. I was about to, 
trials right. were like the next day and then the night before I decided, you know what, I'm just not gonna like right. if it's not gonna help me in the future, like I'm not going to the MLB off of this, then what's the point? Because I got an actual career that I need to be working towards. So why and, it, and it was a, and it was a more feasible option. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a reality that fast forward what ten years later, yeah. here here you are working for. It's actually pretty cl- yeah, it's pretty close pretty close to ten to years because I've been out of high school. Next June will be ten years. Yeah. That's weird to say. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, Doc, let's wrap this up. We haven't done anything this summer, by the way. We need to, like, have a wiffle ball game at some point before the crap weather Wolf comes. Ball. The fall is coming up, and it's my favorite season, but... Play some fall ball. Fall ball. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. Um, yeah, play some wiffle ball. That park across the street from you is... Should be done Looks soon. pretty close to being done, yeah. Walk on! Um... Anyway, well, thanks for doing this, Mace. I appreciate it. Always good to have you, buddy. Um, I got some dates coming up, obviously. I uh, just played the Diplomat last Friday. Uh, this upcoming Friday, which is the 18th, I'll be at the Diplomat again from like 6 to 8, something like that. Uh, the next night I'll be in Indian Orchard, Massachusetts at Rustic Brewing Company. Um, I don't know what time that starts. I'll have to figure that out. Um, the week after that, the 26th, I'll be in Barry, Vermont. And then the next night on the 27th, I will be back here in New Hampshire at Granite Roots Brewing Company in Troy, New Hampshire. Um, rock and roll. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, this has been a Why You Laughing podcast, and we are clear.